Welcome to When the Bell Tolls of Big Cuss. Tonight you'll be listening to myself, Matty Ice, and Yawn Man, two of the other four beasts of wrestling, discuss our manager, Mount Rushmore. Little Cuz, the fourth member of the beast of wrestling, sent his in via Facebook. So we will be reading off his list. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy, and the main events will be after a word from my sponsors. Yep. Yep. All right, so welcome to another episode of When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. Tonight I'm joined by two of the four Beast of Wrestling. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> hello. <laughs> so tonight we're kind of our, this is our fourth uh, edition of our Mount Rushmore series. We've done men superstars, women superstars, tag teams, and now we're going to do managers. The people that lay the groundwork for some of these superstars to become successful. And some of these are more integral than the actual superstar themselves in the business. So, we're going to go ahead and we're just going to go one by one and each one of us tell one and we'll go from that. And that makes it a little easier and probably won't be as strenuous and one of us isn't just reading off all four of ours and then going to the next person and that far. That's cool. So, we'll start with Matt. Go ahead and tell me one of yours. Well, I want to start off with one that we probably all have on our list and that is Mr. Paul Heyman. Okay. Mostly just because of his integral work within, you know, the WWE, ECW, and pretty much, you know, making Brock Lesnar's comeback career what it is, because he's pretty much the only person that speaks for speaks for Brock. I agree with you. If you take Heyman away from Brock, I don't know if he's as, as successful as he is. He's not. That is true. And then, you know, what he did with CM Punk. You know, he's just he's, and I think he's like the, like director or producer or something of SmackDown or Raw currently. Raw, yep, so, Monday Night Raw. So I mean, he's a very integral part of wrestling as we know it. He is. He's probably one of the smartest <clears throat> minds ever in the wrestling business. I I can agree with that. All right, Brian, give me one of yours. Uh, we're gonna go with Captain Lou Albano. Nice. Wayback Machine. He's wrestled. A, he uh, he was a wrestler, and his re- career really took off when he started um, managing. He he managed over thirty people. He was the key heel manager back in the day. He needed somebody. He Jimmy Superfly Snuka. You know the British Bulldogs. He needed somebody to speak. He was the man back then. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And one thing that is all I've always loved about Lou Albano is he was in two different music videos. This is true. Girls just want to have fun and time after time. What a <laughs> you know, and he was an intro part of rock and wrestling when it first came up. Absolutely true. So we're gonna read one of Joseph's, and this one throws me off because Joseph has never watched this guy manage Freddie Blassie. That still blows my mind that he picked him. It does. I mean, I've watched wrestling since the mid-90s, and the only image I have of Freddie Blassie is during the invasion angle when he stands up out of his wheelchair and says, we have to stand up and fight the opposition. That's all I have of Freddie Blassie. That's it. So I know Joe has less. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this Bleacher Report thing, and he looks like a buffed-up Ric Flair if he wasn't drunk all the time. (laughs) Yeah, he, he coined the phrase pencil neck geek. Pencil neck. True. Geek. 
So, but he is a very integral part of the company, like a lot of these guys are. True. So, so I'm going to go with one of mine, and Brian said it. This was my shocker pick, Captain Lou Albano. Cool. I've always liked him because he wasn't – he was built like Mick Foley. True. He wasn't fancy suit. He was sweatpants, nasty T-shirt, fuzzy. He looked like Mick Foley. Rubber bands. Yeah. Absolutely. He laid the groundwork. Without him, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Jimmy Hart are not as successful as they are. No. True. He managed guys like the British Bulldogs, the Wild Samoans, the Head Shrinkers, Andre, Superfly. Hulk Hogan, and of course he was in two different music videos. Hmm. He was an integral part of getting Cindy Lauper involved in the first WrestleMania match. Yes. Of all people in the world, let's put Captain Lou Albano and Cindy Lauper in the main event of the first WrestleMania. True. (laughs) With likes of Hogan and Orndorff and Roddy Piper. I mean, what are the odds? (laughs) It worked, though. It, it really did. Really did. All right, Matt, give me your number two. Go with G- okay. Okay, nice. Be a little out there, but I mean, not in a. I guess he's he was a manager for like that Camp Cornette angle, and then like Minute Midnight Express. But just his. <laughs> way of finding talent to go into WWE. Like, I mean, he found Randy Orton, even though Randy Orton's a generational superstar, but I mean, and John Cena. And I mean, he pretty much made ring of honor what it kind of is. Yep. And Brock Lesnar, he helped lay the groundwork for TNA. So people don't realize that. So I mean, there's three wrestling companies. I kind of owe Jim Cornette a lot. He was very big in WCW back in the, early years and look what he did with smoky mountain wrestling he gave us chris jericho and kane yeah i mean that's another thing too like he got chris jericho out of mexico yeah and brought him to good old knoxville tennessee of all places <laughs> of all places <laughs> but i agree Cornette, and he's probably one of the most disliked humans in the history of the wrestling he world. is but i mean we can't discount his brain power no him that and pa- him and paul Heyman to me are once-in-a-generation type star, managers and minds. They just happen to come around around the same time for us. All right, Brian, give me your number two. Bobby the Brain Heat. Of course. I knew uh, you'd go with him. Well, you're talking about 80s managers. Always the Thorne and Hulk Hogan side. He would always sit, send up a challenger for Hogan to smack down. He always had his Hogan family, Heaton uh, family, and um, whether it was getting Andre to turn bad or, you know, or um, uh, oh, or feuding with Gorilla Monsoon, which was awesome on <laughs> WWF primetime TV, which oh, those two was. were those two were perfect together. Yeah. I mean, you can't talk about managing without the brain. Correct. And when he got Andre to turn heel. People talk about how big of a heel turn Hogan was. Andre was never a bad guy. Nope. Until that point, Andre was the lovable giant, and he convinced him to turn heel. What kind of power that takes to take the biggest attraction in the company and go, you know what? You're now evil. This is true. 
All right, so number two on Joseph's list, and it's eerie how similar mine and his list are, so it's kind of just bad, is <laughs> Paul Heyman. Because of, I mean, like like Matt talked about, Heyman laid the groundwork for ECW. It would have never got off the ground. When, when the King quit WWE to start with, they brought in Paul Heyman as the announcer, and Heyman and Jim Ross were money on the on the set. Absolute yep. money. And Heyman has managed so many guys to championships. He's in, he has managed five different superstars in WWE alone to win world titles. We lost Brian. Yeah, I fear we would. So, I mean, he has managed Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, The Big Show, Angle, and RVD to world titles. That's insane. Like... Just him alone. So, uh, what what a career Heyman's had. I figure Brian's going to join us again in a minute. So, if you're listening, enjoy just Matt and I talking for while we cover yeah. my list. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was Joe's number two on his list was Paul Heyman. I'm going to go. All right. Want to apologize for our technical difficulties we've been experiencing tonight between our part one and part two series. We've had trouble with some difficulties through cell service being dropped and trying to connect. So thank you for sticking around and listening to the rest of our podcast. So Joe's number two was Paul Heyman. Because of a lot of the reasons that we all have listed Heyman. Yeah. So my number two is the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Excellent. Because I would love to own his suit collection alone, just his jackets. Yeah. They wouldn't fit me, but I'd love to own them. If you needed a bad guy, you needed a manager for somebody, you talk about, I had to make two columns of stars that he managed. And I remember watching stuff in the 80s and early 90s. Jimmy Hart was in every dang promo for every dang match. Yep. He managed the Hart Foundation, Hulk Hogan, Honky Tonk Man, King Kong Bundy, Greg the Hammer, Nasty Boys. He managed Jerry the King Lawler when he first started. He managed Earthquake. He brought in Earthquake. He managed the Natural Disasters, Money, Inc. He brought in the Mountie. He was. I remember the comment. He was the head of the Dungeon of Doom with Kevin Sullivan. And I didn't realize at a Starcade he managed Ric Flair. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not realize that either. Yep. They're one of the Starcades, he managed Ric Flair. I mean, this whole list is just absolute Hall of Fame guys on this list. That Jimmy Hart has had his hand in one way or the other. And I didn't realize when he left, because he went, work, went to work for TNA for a year or so, came back. He may, he was the person who hosted the house shows for WWE. Hmm. And this man, if you have not gone to the network and watched Legends House yet, go watch Legends House. Oh, that thing is, yes. <laughs> Jimmy Hart on Legends House is phenomenal. And he may still have the best hair ever as a manager. Uh, At his age. He's aged that much. No, he, he ages like a fine wine, while most people age like cheese. Amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> All right, Matt, who's your number three manager? All right, my number three manager, I'm kind of shocked he hasn't been named yet, 
Well, that's Paul Bearer. Nice. I mean, it's kind of sad his last stick on Raw was, you know, Kane shoving him into a freezer in a wheelchair, but <laughs> it is what you're, it is. You're correct. What, it was such a fall from grace, but he he had so many health problems at you know, time. Kane just has a thing with wheelchairs and throwing <laughs> people in things. Is that correct? Included. Uh, but, oh, yes. <laughs> but I just think Paul Baird, like, when you think about The Undertaker, you know, that's the thing that you think of next is Paul Bear. My Undertaker. Absolutely. I mean, just. Br- Brian and I talked about it earlier. Taker's first manager was Brother Love. The Undertaker would not have worked with Brother Love. No, because that is, there's True. too much yin and yang up in that. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it would have been so bad. And do you know who gave Paul Bear his name? I did not know this. I was researching it. Um, I want to take a shot in the dark and say it was Vince McMahon himself. Nope. Road Warrior Hawk. What? Huh, cool. Yep. He coined it because he thought it would be cool if The Undertaker had a pallbearer as his manager. I mean, that is pretty cool. <laughs> it's awesome. But in reality, Paul Bearer was a legitimate mortician, so he was a pallbearer by trade. Well, like he for real was? Yeah. He got it. Yeah, he he owned his own funeral home. That's even creepier. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Oh, yes. All right, Brian, who's your number three? Well, it was Jimmy Hart. Uh-oh. Still there? I heard Jimmy Hart. Yep, I got Jimmy Hart out of that, Brian. So, his number three is Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Probably for the same reasons we listed. Is the fact that he managed so many guys and you needed a mouthpiece for any team, you got Jimmy Hart. And, you know, that megaphone. Oh, God. It's just just priceless. Yes. And I think a lot of people look at Jimmy Hart in a negative sense when they look back on wrestling during that time for whatever reason, just because how much heat he just produced. Correct. He was a mega heat person. You needed heat on somebody, give him Jimmy Hart. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, oh, there he is. There's That's Brian. up, Brian. So That's, it cut yeah. off after you said Jimmy Hart. I That's know. all we got was it, Jimmy it, Hart. It's one in the drop. <laughs> so why do, why do you have Jimmy Hart on your list? Well, he was the mouthpiece for everybody back in the 70s, I mean, 80s and um, 90s. He needed somebody that couldn't talk, give him the Jimmy. He, he can get almost anybody over. Absolutely. Yeah. And the funny thing is, this is Joe's number three on his Mount Rushmore, too. Jimmy Hart. Well, so, <laughs> see, Jimmy Hart was on my list. That's why I changed it up to Jim Cornette because I was like, Jimmy Hart's on everyone's list. I want to be at least a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, had you not, Jimmy Hart would have been on every single one of our list. I mean, technically he is. I don't want to get that wrong with anybody else. Oh, yeah, there, he but... can be your, like, 1A. Yeah, he's like – He's, he's your like honorable Rob. mention. Yeah, he, he he's is. the uh, famous Indian chief on the back of Mount Rushmore. True, this is true. I mean, he'd be shouting from the hilltops anyway. So <laughs> his big old <laughs> megaphone. <laughs> so my number three is Paul Heyman. Just because he managed people like the Midnight Express, stunning Steve Austin. Oh yeah, that's right. Rick oh, yeah. Rude, when he was Paul E. Dangerously, without. Paul Heyman, ECW would have been a colossal flop. 
Well, I mean, after Vince got more involved in ECW, it did become that. Correct. He managed Sabu. If not the craziest dude outside of New Jack ever in the business. He managed not one, not two, not three, not four, but five different WWE superstars to world title reigns. Which doesn't happen in a lot of our lists here. And he managed the one and only mean Mark Callis. (laughs) Mark Callis. Which, if you don't know, Matt, is... The Undertaker. The Undertaker. <laughs> I know. That's what I, 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 just, I just forget that was his name. Like, oh yes, he would been Texas Red. Then mean Mark Callis. That's when he's part of the skyscrapers, correct, Brian? That is correct. So, I mean, what a group that Heyman has managed throughout his tenure, and he he's still going. They had a thing I want to say four or five years ago where they were putting new stars with him to see if they would become Heyman guys. We got Cesaro. We got Curtis Axel when he upset Triple H. Oh, Axel yeah. knocked Triple H out on a Monday Night Raw and had the IC belt. And I would love to see Paul Heyman bring back the Dangerous Alliance in WWE. It would work. As many ex-MMA people we have, it would work. That's true. Especially on Fox. So he would need to be traded to SmackDown. So, my that was my number three was Paul Heyman. So, and I, if you haven't figured out my number four, I, it's been said already. So, Matt, who is your number four on your manager, Mount Rushmore? Number four is because she was a manager during the time I started watching. Okay. And I hated every single time I saw this woman on my TV. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> and... I think Brian. we lost Brian again, but that's okay. fine. Um, this lady, you know, legend in the business, not only because she was married to a legend, but just because how much heat she got and kind of got Dolph Ziggler over. And that is Vicky Guerrero. Yes. Excuse and my, me! correct. Oh. My ears still bleed when I hear those, oh. uh, curdling words. Such a terrible, terrible thing. Yes, that has given so many wrestling fans PP. Oh, not PPSD, but PTSD. (laughs) I couldn't even like when I hear "excuse me" at work. I'm like, I do the same thing. I can't utter that phrase. I will say, I will say, chop says in the background. I'm back. I will. uh, Yep, we're talking about Vicky Guerrero. Oh, cool. (laughs) <laughs> this was Matt's fourth person, and we all came to the conclusion, we hear the words, excuse me, we all just curl in fear. <laughs> I mean, even going back, because I watched this thing, it was the rise and fall of Dolph Ziggler's YouTube video, and the first thing it started out with was, excuse me! Uh, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but it got Dolph over, and if Dolph didn't get hurt, and he was actually durable, he would not... He would not be in the mid-card crapshoot that he is currently. You're correct. True. But Vicky Guerrero and, you know, seeing just what she did with Dolph. And, I mean, she and she was the uh, GM of SmackDown or Raw. Yep. She she was the fiancé of Edge. Was. (laughs) Was. But... But yeah, I yeah. agree with you. She was a such a integral part for 
over a decade in the business. Yeah, I mean, even when Eddie was alive and in the business, she was still there. Absolutely. I mean, she, she just wasn't a side piece for Eddie. I mean, she was actually involved in wrestling. Correct. So, she was kind. Of, she was this generation's Miss Elizabeth, but way nowhere, more yeah, nowhere near as beautiful either. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Brian. So, who is your number four? It would be um, Paul Heyman. A lot of okay. reasons has already been mentioned. Um, he had the Dangerous Alliance back in. Um, early WCW, NWA, um, just a great creative mind, um, able to get any heel over is just does amazing work that way. You're correct. I, I, every one of us named Paul Heyman, every single one of us. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to combine mine and Joe's fourth pick because it's the same person and it is brother Paul brother Paul Bear he is of course I'm a huge Taker fan so I can't take the most unique superstar and not include the most unique manager of all time I mean his earth screeching oh yeah just (laughs) sit and the fact that I could do that just throws me off good lord that was creepy and you have him welcome to my parlor he held the funeral parlor session. Oh, it was such a great thing. And he would turn on takers so much. Like Ric Flair jumping back and forth. Paul Hay- or Paul Bear jumped. But he managed four of the darkest, biggest dudes ever. The Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, when he was still very, he was very, very brand new as Mankind. And Big Van Vader. I forgot about Vader. Paul man Paul Bear managed these great star these great stars in the company. So on a little side note here, wasn't Paul Bear dead whenever Punk and yes. him Yes, Paul Bear had died uh, just that year. That's why Punk used the, the urn. urn and the ashes and everything yeah. to taunt take her into the match. God, that was creative. But Paul Bearer worked backstage so much. Even when, like, Taker was hurt, Paul Bearer worked backstage. He was a road manager. He did so much stuff. And they even talked about when he wasn't with Taker filming, he would be found in one of the indie promotions in the South, still ring announcing. He was was a DJ. He was Mr. X. He was Percival Pringle III. So Paul Bear is what is a great mind who was perfect for the Undertaker and Kane. Huh. And I remember when Kane came back to attack DX and the arena went dark and only light in the whole arena was on this chubby dude in a red blazer and it was Paul Bear and I flipped out and then those flames hit. Oh, what an image that was. And when he came back at WrestleMania 20 with Taker, when the gong hit and Paul Bearer walked out and Kane just shaking his head, no, he's dead. It's not, no. You can just see Kane shaking his head. Such a great, great moment. So, that concludes all of our list because Joe and I had three of the four same. 
on our list, or both of us. So I'm going to give Matt's name to his honorable mention, sort of Jimmy Hart. Well, I think – well, go ahead. Go you ahead. Guys, no. you, you guys probably have her on your honorable mention. Go ahead. Who's your honorable mention? Your other one. Miss Elizabeth. That was my honorable mention. So, yeah, I agree. She was the quintessential diva before there was a diva. And there's she, yeah, I agree. she was she was an incredible valet for Macho Man. Mm-hmm. And I think their wedding is still one of the most iconic '80s WWF thing ever. Correct. And her image of when she jumps the barricade and attacks Sherry and hugs and hugs it out with Macho Man is still played to this day. And you know, Sherry could also be another honorable mention. Correct. So, Brian, who's your honorable mention? Silence. I uh, we talked about his earlier. Would be sensational, Sherry. She managed Macho Man, Harlem Heat. She sang the entrance music for Shawn Michaels. That huh? that initial no. screech. Yes, that initial screech. The sexy boy is Sherry Martell. Oh, the sexy boy. That. That is Sherry Martell. Hello? What's Hello? up? Hey. I don't know. So I guess Brian tried to call us over Facebook. I don't know. I think he did. It says he's connected, but he's not here. No. So, but Sherry Martell is the one that sang Sexy Boy. Oh, Okay. And she she ranks up there. She's not exactly the prettiest woman in the world. But she was a great manager. Yes, she was. And, you know, another one that could be an honorable mention is the man who actually was the leader of the Four Horsemen. And that's J.J. Dillon. Absolutely correct. J.J. Dillon was such an integral part of the Four Horsemen. I mean, even though he took a back seat literally to Ric Flair. And yeah. Arn Anderson also had a mouthpiece on him, so... Now, he really wasn't needed, but, I mean, he was there to garner that extra heat that the four horsemen needed. Correct. And Brian and I have talked about one that I was shocked he didn't mention was Mr. Fuji. Oh, yeah. Mr. Fuji managed Yokozuna, Yokozuna and several other tag teams. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I, I can hear y'all, but y'all couldn't hear me. It was odd. So we're talking about Mr. Fuji. Yeah. Give us, give us your story about your personal side of Mr. Fuji that none of the rest of us have. Well, you know, moved here in Knoxville in 95. Mr. Fuji used to work at the Regal Movie Theater to rip tickets of people in at the Knott Center Mall, East Town Mall. What? Yes, he, he did that at the end of his life. He also ran a wrestling school in Knoxville, but he, he did that in free time. He didn't have too much kind things to say about Vince McMahon, though, in WWE, though. I, I could definitely I, yeah. see that. Yeah, I can yeah. see. I mean, you're in, you're you're doing that to make money. <laughs> but so. v- Vince McMahon or Mr. Fuji is one of the most unique managers too. But only his stuff could only fit to certain amount of stars. I think well, that was his ultimate downside. Well, you had you know Yokozuma, the Orient Express, uh, Powers of Pain. And I really can't think of anybody else. I know there was a lot more. I just can't think of. And his big thing was the salt to the eyes. Yes. Yes. 
So, I mean, Fuji was great, and I was shocked he wasn't on your list, Brian. No, no, he wasn't. But he wasn't, he wasn't like the rest of these guys. He wasn't no. a longevity person. He didn't manage, I say manage big stars, but he managed Yokozuna, and that was pretty much it when it came to he, championships. He had a very long career wrestling, though. I will say that. Yes. So, we had our discussion about Sherry Martell, too. We talked mm-hmm. about some stuff about that earlier. Well, I heard everything. Y'all just couldn't hear me. <laughs> yeah, well, you definitely could not. Yeah. Oh, that, that's role reversed, I guess, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for joining our latest Mount Rushmore series. And I've got a couple more I want to figure out, but I don't know how to quite word them, of our Mount Rushmore. So, we've done men, women, tag teams, and now the people who manage them, the managers. So, do you all have any final words about your manager, Mount Rushmore? No, you can go ahead and just spock it in the stone. That's all. Yeah, pretty much. All right. You all want to say goodbye? Peace and chicken grease. (laughs) Later. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of When the Bell Tolls the Big Cuss. Tonight, we discussed our manager, Mount Rushmore. So, I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed our integral discussion about some of the biggest and greatest minds in the history of the wrestling business. We covered many companies and we had a thorough discussion about all of our managers that have made this list. So I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you again for being a listener to when the bell tolls a big cuz podcast. And remember when the bell does toll the match is over.